At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. So, funny story about Liquid Death. Hi, guys. Uh, off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Um, James Hitchcliffe here. Alex Ross is here. Thim is here. But I mean, uh, I'm I'm here. You don't need to. You so no, it's felt you, unnecessary. I mean, you're 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 here. You're not here. You're you know here. Well, you're there anyway. Uh, that crack that you heard at the at the top of the show was Alex Rossi opening a cool tall can of liquid death and there's a funny liquid death story that i'm gonna let alex tell you <laughs> no james that was, no james you you tell my my so wait, liquid death, death liquidity that's like the, story that's the sparkling water thing it's 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 um austrian alps sparkling water they also do still water let me just read you a small excerpt from the can <clears throat> Before is it, nobody here is sponsored by this, right? No, absolutely not. Okay, no, I just, I'm, I'm gonna just I just right. bit and and fell hook, line, and sinker into the marketing campaign. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> Once your thirst has been murdered, the soul of your thirst will begin to escape <laughs> and float towards the ceiling. At this point, drink a second sip of liquid death to rip its soul back down and force it to begin <laughs> gluing its own body parts together so that it can crawl back inside you and eventually grow into a fully formed thirst once again. That's just a piece of it. <laughs> That's the There's dumbest thing. Three it's more sparkling paragraphs. I love it. Water. I love it. It's so good. It's so, so good. Because so, most sparkling water is just water. Look, yeah. I don't begrudge people for drinking sparkling water. I love sparkling water. I have a soda stream. I have cans of Perrier for when I don't want to use my soda stream. Here's but the thing. you don't need okay. to make sparkling water cool. Well, you do. You do, and and you do when you're trying to compete against San Pellegrino and Perrier. How I mean, it's a pretty, pretty tough market, Lacroix, right? To get into Lacroix. Yeah, but it's not like LaCroix. they had to get into it. I understand like, you that. could just. But but if if you feel like you can, you got to do something eco friendly. The whole thing is yep. they they do all of their water in cans, so it's not not so rare for sparkling water, but very rare for just still water, and apparently that's much more. Um, easily, easy to recycle and better for the environment. Eco-friendly. Oh, they do still water in cans too? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Or bottles right. of so bourbon. Kinda, but yeah. If only we cool. had like these things in our homes where you could like turn a knob and water would come out. First of all, Tim, your opinion doesn't matter because every time <laughs> I come to my house, you want bottles of water. That's true. I do. I'm bad about that. Right. That's true. So, so anyways. I grew up well, I grew up with well water in Indiana. So to me, tap water always tasted rusty. Let's so let's a, let's get back to this story. It. Um no one cares about your childhood. Tim. And we're gonna get into why relevant. after this story. Um <laughs> so I I had to to um I was forced actually to go to the IndyCar virtual victory lap ceremony thingamabob. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's fine. 
Um, so the f- two things happened that night within 90 seconds of me pulling up. Number one was I was late according to their time frame. I wasn't actually late according to James's, who was the host time frame. But according to when they wanted me there to make sure that, you know, I was there 30 minutes before or whatever, I was late. So they were already kind of like on edge with that. Number two was in, I I actually didn't receive any information from anyone regarding this event other than it was, okay, from anyone that you should be giving. Should have told you information. Whether it's the team or the series or whatever. Um, And so all that was done was added into my little calendar was, you know, victory award thing, the time, and that it was at the museum. And there was also a little note section, and it just said, or at least what showed up on my phone was no hats. And I was like, cool, <laughs> all right. So I, I, had take, I, I was out to dinner. I got to the event in plenty of time, and I showed up in jeans, Converse, and a sweater. No hat though. My hair was done. I thought my hair looked. It was a very, it was a very fashionable sweater. Okay. Yeah. No. It was, it was a good. nice sweater. It was a nice sweater. With my can of Liquid Death. Well, <laughs> the uh, newest head of marketing, Dave First, and all of his colleagues. Who I think he's head of, of communications. Okay. Whatever. Was there to um, to if only we knew how to communicate that. And. Uh, they all were giving me these really like aggressively weird looks. And I was kind of like, okay, yeah, I mean, I'm also surprised to be here. So whatever, like we can, <laughs> we can all, we can all agree on that. It's fine. But you knew I was coming. And so I go to the bathroom and come back out. And, and one of the um, ladies who I have a pretty good rapport with kind of is like, I mean, I'm not mad, but it's pretty aggressive. You're showing up drinking a beer. And I was like, (laughs) excuse me? And so they all assumed, which I don't really understand because there was a lot of energy drinks that come in a 500 mil can, right? Right. I would have assumed energy drinks. Black and gold. I don't even know of a beer that is black and gold off the top of my head. Um, Guinness? Miller Genuine Draft. Okay. Guinness, right? Yeah. Two off the top of my head. However, these people (laughs) know what a Guinness can looks like and know what an MGB looks like, right? MGD. This is not, this is not that. So, um, I then come to realize that that's the reason why Dave was so unimpressed with me. Um, that, and the fact that every other person there was wearing a suit (laughs) because the dress code apparently was like semi-formal or whatever. Business cash. But all I saw was no hats. I liked your sweater. No. Yeah. I thought it was good. I I don't, I don't. Yeah, it plays. It was fine. It was fine. But like, I was the only one there in Converse in a white t-shirt. That's for sure. Right? Um, yeah. And, and they thought I was also drinking a beer. So they were like, wow, this guy has reached the epitome of not caring anymore. <laughs> Which I just want to say is not the case because it was sparkling water. I was trying to hydrate myself. And I simply thought the only dress code was don't wear a hat. So that I don't know what the and- next event is, but can you show up with a beer next time? And a hat. <laughs> just give it. Give one to Dave. Be like Mondays. Am I right? I'm just, I, I think you should just pour beer into a liquid death can, and then they'll never talk to you like that again. Be right. It's just, but, but it, it's it's strange that that's what you assume. I literally drove there, and it's a it's a yeah. again a, an aggressive move. If you had been drinking a beer, 
doesn't look on like your a best beer. day, Alex. On your best days, you give off some pretty strong "don't give a <laughs> vibes." So I could see how they got there. That's fair. The uh, actually, in, in hindsight, I, I mean, know. you're not you're not gonna you're not gonna drive drinking a beer. Like I get <laughs> that, right? But the thought now is <laughs> the thought now going through my head is even better. The thought now going through my head is you arrived to the victory celebration, got out of the car, and between the car and the door, cracked a beer and started drinking a beer. That actually makes me really happy. <laughs> I mean, but again, he's like, all right, he's like, all right, I'm here. Let's get this party started. I'm and not, just cracks a beer as he walks in the back door. That's that's not what I, I would never even consider that. So it's just, I don't know. Like I bet you do now. No, I'm not going to show up to <laughs> the IMS museum on a Tuesday. And just start drinking beer at a Thursday at an event where I'm supposed to be like representing myself and my team. So, anyways, um, just rolling drunk. Yeah, fans love me. Now let's just love it. To why Alex was at the victory lap celebration? I still don't know. I some I it's great. Probably some collusion of sorts. So we had you know I, I was asked to host this this show, and we were honoring. You did a great job, by the way. Well, thank you. I well, a, you a, a you fan, wrote most of my jokes. So fantastic job! I wasn't going to take credit <laughs> for it, but uh. that's fine. Uh, well, thank you guys. I appreciate that. Um, but no, so there were there were you know we were obviously honoring Scott Dixon and, and Chip Ganassi for the championship. We had uh, Renus VK on the show as Rookie of the Year. Both Mark Miles and Jay Fry said a word, and then we had five uh, fan awards that had been voted on through social media in sort of week leading up to uh to thursday's event and one of the more popular i would say that i would say the most coveted award of the five was fan favorite and we were doing our dress rehearsal and they revealed who the fan favorite was and i was very pleasantly surprised to learn that my very good friend you don't have to and say pleasantly you can just say surprised up. it's okay <laughs> i'm not but at here's all the offended. thing no no but i was surprised i was pleasantly surprised because what it tells me look alex you are one of my best friends you stood in my wedding you know i i see you pretty much every day we have a podcast together we're hopefully going to be teammates next year I obviously know you pretty well, and I think you're an all right dude. I know that yeah. racetrack Alex sometimes gets a certain reputation, which fair enough. You're there to work. You're not there to make friends. Um, but I love the fact that you got most popular driver because like fan favorite, because it means that people are learning more about who you are, not just on track, which people love anyway, because they love guys that just, you know, go out there and give it 110 percent. And all that. But then they also realize that you're pretty funny. And I feel like t- Tim and I get a little bit of credit for this because it's got to be because people are listening to the show. I mean, 100%. But I also think it's a perfect representation of people's moods in 2020, which is <laughs> the embodiment of me. So <laughs> you are the like, most 2020 appropriate selection like, for that This award. <laughs> year is so disappointing and sucks so much and i'm just kind of kind of float my way through it and just count the days until we can move on away from whatever we're doing right now i think people can kind of get behind that you know either way man the votes were in and alexander rossi is your 2020 indycar fan favorite (laughs) award winner 
And it's uh, it's, so it's a beautiful thing, guys. So it's a beautiful, beautiful I don't thing. I don't understand What's, any of it. The, the funny, the, I think the funniest part, and I'm not going to get into too many details because one of my very best friends as well I was competing against is Connor. But Connor was not thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> because at the end of the day, Connor's social media presence, what he does on, on um, what's the <clears throat> video game broadcast? Twitch. Twitch. What he does on Twitch, the the effort that he puts into like you know being accessible outside of the racetrack is pretty good. I mean, it's it's right along there with James. James appeals to you know the more professional crowd, and James or and and Connor appeals to the more like fun loving crowd, if you will. But either way, he has a huge a huge following, and, and he prides himself on that. And I honestly think that's that's why he's gotten a lot of his his deals and opportunities as of late is, is just because who he is on social media. So he was he was quite disappointed, which is kind of funny. But he's makes it he's won funny. the award in the past, so it's you know he's not you know he doesn't have a goose egg in the category. Either way, I'm going to assume that this one's right up there with your Indy 500 win as most coveted awards. Dude, slash, it's, it's it's next to it. Do you it's have pretty, the pizza box still? I mean, and did yeah. you eat the pizza? Okay. So here's here's the thing. So I'm, I'm going to apologize because that that had nothing to do with the no, selection that, of the physical award, which so, was a, so a pizza was from Kingdo. Pretty stupid. Like, <laughs> I mean, I was pretty pissed. <laughs> like now, to be fair, like, oh, like cool. Marco won an award now and he what? just got a a gold sequined face mask, and Connor won a different award and he got a trophy that was about okay. three centimeters okay. tall. So you yeah, actually got like, the most practical save. award because you could eat it. Yeah, but you can save those other two. You exactly. can't save the pizza box because it's got grease uh, on it. You get like, ants and like, stuff. This True. isn't that's not an award that you can do anything with. So I literally have nothing to commemorate it at all. All right, <laughs> I am rallying. James, no, I'm rallying the fans. I feel like the fans of Off Track no, and Hinch no, and Rossi. No, 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 no. Hang no. on. This is on. This is on IndyCar. Let's be no, honest. No, I'll, that's fine. Okay, Alex, earmuffs. Fans of Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. I am assuming that some of you were largely responsible for this award happening in the first place, and our boy feels cheated out of some physical hardware. So we'd like some ideas or possible solutions for this problem. Write us on Twitter at AskOffTrack, and let's see what what kind of what kind of hardware we can get our boy. I appreciate it. Or you could just drop it off to. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, James. I bleep it every time we say I your know. address. I know. I do occasionally listen to this show. Very Shocking. occasionally. Shocking. Still haven't. I still have not done that at all. Um. Yet. So, Halloween happened. And it did. Did you guys dress I, up? No. Uh, kind of? <laughs> well, we dressed up, not in costumes, in suits and ties. Uh, but hold on. I got a new thing to bug Tim. Son of a. <laughs> you know what this is, though? This is my. So this. Is toasted pumpkin seeds, which was the highlight of my kind of pre-Halloween festivities. We bought some pumpkins. Actually, Alex and I and our, well, Becky was working, but Kelly was there. And our friend Bobby and his now wife, Rachel, went to a pumpkin patch and we bought pumpkins because that's what you do in October. And I was like, man, we're not going to be here on Halloween. So 
I didn't want to carve them and leave them outside and like give people the misleading thought that maybe we were here and giving out candy. And I'm upset that we weren't like, I, I love doing that, but we were not there. So I was like, okay, we gotta, we gotta take care of these pumpkins somehow. What should we do with them? I'm like, let's get the seeds out and we'll toast some seeds up and do toasted a little bit of olive oil and salt. And then we did another batch that were like cinnamon sugar pumpkin seeds. Wow. Game changer. That's, okay, then. That's the most Californian thing that's ever come out of your mouth, um, which is fine. That's great. Really? Um, I feel like toasted pumpkins are like, uh, pumpkin seeds like, it's like a Midwestern thing. I don't think so. It's very much a, like a hippie thing. I would have thought it was a Northeast thing. No. I feel like it's an everywhere thing. Every- yeah, I think that's really an everywhere thing. I had, a weird, I had a weird thing this morning, speaking of pumpkins. So my daughter and I carved our pumpkins on Halloween, and then... I just threw them out that night because I don't, you know, November 1st for me is when you put up your your Christmas decorations. So <laughs> I was walking Teddy this Still morning. Still weird that you just like completely blow through Thanksgiving, but okay. I don't have Thanksgiving decorations. Well, uh, that's well, your well, well, that would be a pumpkin. Christmas, well, not a carved one. <laughs> we are carved. Well, anyway, so we, my daughter and I carved three pumpkins, one for her, one for me, one for my dog, Teddy. And we carved a bone Pappy. and then spelled out boo on Teddy's. But I'm walking Teddy this morning, and somebody got Teddy's pumpkin out of the dumpster and put it in front of their house wow. after Halloween. Because I was like, oh, no well, more. somebody else carved a bone on there. Oh, and it says boo <laughs> on it. That's our pumpkin. And like, well, I'm not like upset. I threw it away, right? It was, in the, it was in the dumpster. But who dumpster dives for a carved pumpkin after Halloween? That is a unique, is a unique strategy, Tim. I'm listening to your story. I'm struggling to like take it all in though, because when was the last time you got a haircut? God, it had to be like February. Yeah, your your hair. I just your hair is doing a whole thing right now, and it's really distracting. <laughs> the hair's everything's still closed here. I don't. No, I, I don't I, know that that's true. All uh, haircuts are still closed here. I'm not. Look, I'm not criticizing. I, I understand. I'm just saying. I I didn't realize quite how. Quite how out of control it had gotten. No, it's pretty and bad. It's, it's, yeah, it's a lot. And because you shaved the homeless beard, it no longer balances. You've got this <laughs> this beautiful little baby face and this, like, it looks like you're trying to wear a wig that you would see one of the, like, officers in, in like, Pirates of the Caribbean. It's just brown hair rather than white hair. Yeah, I, mean, I, don't, I don't know what to tell you. You can have like people show up and cut your hair outside, but that feels like that's a couple tax brackets above my my. I I actually existence. like disagree. I bet a lot of barbers that charge twenty five bucks for a cut would love the opportunity to come make twenty five bucks. I'll look into it. I'll look into. You it. should support local small businesses, man, and get your get your act together. I mean, let's be clear. It's, I never had short hair. But this is this is a lot longer than it usually. No, is. but it's, it's just yeah, yeah. It's, it's like curling down the side of your face and then back up into your eyes from below. Like so it's, it's, it's a whole when, thing. Uh, when is your availability uh, Tuesday the tenth? Because I can get you an appointment at Salon Republic. It's on <laughs> Melrose at really whatever time you want. Wait, they're open? They're actually open? Yes, Tim. You can oh, get a haircut. Man. No, they've been Alex's. closed. For, okay, I'm nope. looking this up. It says. Employees and customers screen for symptoms. Face coverings required for everyone. Blah, blah blah. No magazines, coffee, and other amenities. Contact p- list payment systems encouraged. Stylists mainly serve one client at a time. Walking clients are temporarily not allowed. You can do okay. it. Okay, I thought they were still closed. Nope. P- 
People in Los Angeles, I guarantee you, are not walking around without getting their beauty services. That's kind oh, of man, what the city's known for. This is bad. It opened in September. <laughs> <laughs> I could have been getting a haircut for a while. You're a conservative six weeks behind where you should be <laughs> hair-wise. That ch- Do that you not have out. friends in L.A. that are like, yeah, no, they're open? I mean... Trying to think I think I they see. all just assumed he was growing his hair out for Halloween. I like everybody some clever I see, costume. and I don't like see people, but every, the, the few people that I do see every now and then walking around, everybody's got pretty long hair. Or they like have a significant other that can cut it. Interesting. It is interesting. Uh, all right. Well, anyways, yeah. you guys were in a car, right? Or at least Alex, you were. Yeah, you did, no, but did, James, just, did you test it, I'm Barber? Just, I did. I did. We were both 10th. in a car. Right, can we can we mark that down as you're going to get a haircut? I'll go, well, now that I know they're open, I'll go get a haircut. Okay, cool. By next week's show, I want to see a lot more of your face and less of your hair. Correct. Do you? And I would never otherwise say that. That's how <laughs> bad it is. I'm encouraging you to show more of your face. I just feel like it's uncomfortable to sleep in. It's not It's uncomfortable great. to it's look pretty at. Annoying. It's pretty annoying. I'll be honest. It's, it's pretty annoying. Be. Yeah. And, and, like, can you hear things? What? <laughs> <laughs> Um, Here's the thing, you don't even, I, I feel like I'm looking at my, my video right now. You can't even see that I'm wearing like big headphones. Correct. You cannot. Like I know they're there because there's like, there's like Princess Leia sized puffs in the side of your head <laughs> covered in hair. But I know that there's headphones under there. That's the concerning part. You could, you're like, your hair is akin to Peter Griffin's beard. Like you could have birds living in there and not oh, okay. know it. I was going to say, I didn't think, okay. Well, anyways, you guys were in yeah, a Yeah, we tested. Car. Yeah. We tested at Barbara. That was like my first test day in like over a year. So somebody, <laughs> somebody asked that. us on Twitter. Literally saying. I'll, I'll try and figure no. out who it was. Yes, James. The last test I had was at Coda. Right. So that was in February. Okay. I was not at that test. Okay. That's true. So, so uh, we saying. got asked That's on a good point. Twitter. Um, Howie says on Twitter said, uh, so seriously, what happens during a testing day? Is it interesting? So I mean, it's you're you're not. It's not just for you guys to be out on track, right? It's it's testing for the car. It's testing for the tires. I mean, can you kind of go through what testing is? Well, if the question is, is it interesting to observe? The answer is a resounding no. Um, you'd have to just really, really like watching indie cars go around a track for eight hours straight, which I mean is awesome in smaller doses, I think. Uh, but yeah, I mean, kind of everything you said, Tim. The 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 tests are largely for engineers to develop setups, um, develop parts on the car uh, that are, you know, have been researched and dreamed up and, and you want to test on track. Um, there are there are tire tests, certainly. Um, the engine manufacturers have things that they want to test. So yeah, it's, it's, a, it's an opportunity outside of a race weekend to get some miles on parts of the car to test some maybe a little bit more radical setups that you wouldn't necessarily take a swing at in the limited time you have on a race weekend. And frankly, for the drivers, it's always just good to be in a car. You know, there's, there's, uh, there's never, uh, never a time that, you know, seat time is not good for a driver. So that's, that's kind of what we, what we test for. This was a, was an off season private test, but a lot of the teams showed up just because, we haven't been able to test throughout the course of the year. So there were 21 cars there on track. Uh, the Ray Hall team didn't have their two main drivers. They had uh, Antonio Felix da Costa, um, who they kind of know through their BMW connection. And uh, I think mean, Coin wasn't there. But otherwise, all the drivers were there. Scott McLaughlin was there. 
Um, Jimmy Johnson made his sort of official debut uh, in the 48 Ganassi car. So yeah, it was a it was a pretty packed uh, pretty packed day, very cold day, very bright sun at inopportune times of the early evening, late afternoon. Well, I know uh, I know Alex loves any opportunity to be a barber. <laughs> One of his favorite places. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Here's the thing. I went in. I went in with the goal, like. You know, a lot of drivers have their engineering meetings about what are we going to do and all this stuff. And my engineer and I, you know, we we kind of had talked about it in the weeks leading up to it. We kind of know how each other works. So it's kind of, we don't do things in a traditional way. So I sat down for their morning meeting and he was like, what do you want to look at? I was like, nothing really. He was like, okay, what do you want to talk about? I was like, can we just make it so I don't hate this place by the end of the day? And he was like, yeah. <laughs> um, and I think we and? I think we accomplished it. I I, uh-huh. I literally by like three o'clock I was talking to him, and I was like, you know, this place still sucks, but I don't hate it. What do you? So like, what did you hate about it? What th- sucks think, about it now? I think I think uh, what I what I disliked about it was, you know, so so they resurfaced the track recently. Give a little bit of background, and with the resurfacing came came a lot more grip and like uh, lap times that were three seconds quicker on than qualifying on, on primary tires and, and kind of practice power and like, so potentially four, four to four and a half seconds quicker. Um, and the corner durations at Barber, most of them are very long. So prior to the resurfacing, you were just kind of sliding and floating through these corners for a very long period of time in a very weird way. In, in terms of the racing line that you took to make lap time. It wasn't, you don't, you don't look at the corner and you don't see your traditional kind of geometric apex and, and racing line right. that you would use to get through 99% of the corners that we go to on, right. on any given track in the world. So that's what still sucks about it. Like, it's just not, the way you have to drive it is just very, very strange. But so what, I, what I'm I getting is, why I don't what I'm getting it, is, okay, is because you're in the corner for such a short amount of time now because the grip is so high, you're not as miserable for as long. Okay, so the the lines are kind of tricky. The corner tricky, durations are uh, tricky. Corner durations are long, which is abnormal, maybe a little bit harder. What I'm, what I'm getting at is it sounds like the place is just hard and you don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> I got to think outside the box and work longer in corners. This place sucks. Okay, now now it makes a lot of sense. Now it seems very relatable. <laughs> yeah, it's more work. No. So here's my argument to that. But this is a motorcycle track that was designed from the beginning to be a motorcycle track. Fact. To put indie cars there with 4 to 5000 pounds of downforce and 600 yep. horsepower. Does yep. not make a lot of sense. Correct. It's not. It's not supposed to be a track for race cars. But it's kind of fun, though. No, it's like the, not. I think the lap is fun. I think the racing's tough. It's hard to follow. And the lap isn't fun. The racing is dumb. The lap. The lap at Laguna is awesome, and the racing is dumb. I would put it in a similar level. 
Mm. I think I think they're very similar in that sense. It's it's awesome to go drive an IndyCar, <clears throat> excuse me, around Laguna Seca or around Barbara Motorsports Park. Not the best to race around you to those places. I don't think but, it's awesome to drive a race car around Barber. It's okay. Yeah, I mean, they made that abundantly like, clear. Right, no, but like, I guarantee it's not even in your top five tracks that you'd want to go drive around. It has my favorite corner combination of the year. I ag- I agree. 12 Turn 13 12, 13. Is, is, is one of the best corners on our, on our calendar. But that yeah. doesn't compensate for the other four, 13 corners. No, but I'm but I'm just trying to think. If you look at our calendar, and it's like, okay, you've got five tracks to go just drive on for a day by yourself in an Indy car. I feel like it I feel like it would be up there. I feel like those tracks would be Road America. Yes. Um I could drive around Long Beach all day. I love that place. Sure. Um Mid Ohio. Yes. Indy yeah. and Barber. I think it would be, I think it would just crack the top five. You would choose, you choose, I mean, I don't know we don't go there anymore, but you choose Barber over Coda. Oh. Honestly, I have more fun at Barber than Mid-Ohio, so I would drop Mid-Ohio for Coda in that top five, hmm. I think. Okay. Yeah. They're right. very, but like similar kind of level. Anyway, I think it's, I think it's a fun place. I see, and I see, I don't disagree with any of your points about okay. what the track is. Yeah. It's just, it doesn't bother me apparently as much as it bothers you about that. <laughs> I think, I think it's going to, I mean, I think the repave is awesome. It's going to be interesting to see what it does when we go see, back. This is, this is where we differ. I think the repave is terrible. For because, racing. Right. Right. Because what what eventually makes so like when you look at Barber on paper, and even when we first kind of went there to test, we're like, this race is going to be awful. It's just going to be follow the leader. The corners are too long and too fast, as you said, that you won't be able to follow. There's only one break zone, so passing is almost impossible. But then we went there, and that race was made by Firestone because the difference between the red tires and the black tires, the pace difference, the degradation that we saw, it made it a real challenge. And it made it so that when you were on one compound or the other, you were going to have to be very slow for a stint that allowed some really fun side-by-side racing because the grip was low and there were the track, the corners are so long, you could kind of position the car a certain way, whatever. Now, if we go back, I mean, it was already one of the most physical races of the year, right? Or physical laps. I would say like when you're at qualifying pace, and we've talked about this before on the show about the physicality of an indie car, right? And like how driving 95% of the limit, you could do that all day long. But every tenth of a second after that, the physical exertion almost goes up exponentially, right? We just started going two and a half to three seconds faster than pole last year. And that's a track that normally in qualifying, you do two laps on reds and you pull in and you're like, okay. Okay, here's here's how the car was handling in turn one. In turn one, it was, hold on, give me a second. Do you want to know? I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I hate the new way they plug in the intercoms because it used <laughs> to be on the old car, I would come in and just like give a sentence, but like not really breathe and then disconnect the intercom really quick and be like, <gasps> <Yeah. gasps> and then plug it back in. 
and talk about like the rest of the things in a normal voice and then unplug it until I got my breath back. Can't do that anymore. No, you no. sure can't. So they hear so, every gasping breath, every struggle for air and happiness that you are making. <laughs> and like the worst part was at the test, we were pitted. We, the, our team was the first five pit boxes in pit uh-huh. lane. So you don't even have that like 10 seconds of going 40 miles an hour in pit lane to catch your breath. And the end of lap is right before pit in and it's at the fastest, most physical corner. So you're like, <laughs> you're 10 tenths through there, straight into pit lane, straight in the pit box. And you're like, uh, uh, uh. It's, so, amazing. it's amazing how high your heart or like how, how much you realize your heart rate is elevated when you try and talk. Cause when you're out yeah. there, it doesn't, you don't feel like you're gasping for air. At all. I feel like once you stop, your body catches up. Like once yeah. you stop moving. And so and so yeah, the you race get out is of like panic mode. Yeah, like the race is is tough because it's it's physical. There's like your your you get sore. It's a lot it's of muscular yeah, strength yeah. required. Yeah. But like the cardio side of it's not that bad, right? Because you're not going that fast. Now I feel like our race pace is gonna be akin to our qualifying pace in the past, which has always been that gasping for breath kind of level. So it's gonna be interesting when we go back. I'm not I'm not entirely well, sure what to expect. James, at least it'll be hot. <laughs> <laughs> it was by far the most comfortable like temperature conditions in we have driven in era, with the aero screen era. And it was like forty eight degrees. So that's not great for us. That's not Should a car just become a winter sport. We actually that's, we joked made about that joke. That. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're kind of at that point. Um, it's getting it's getting warm in those cars. So so yeah, the test was I think generally good to quite good. Um, but it's it's I mean it, it's weird, but it's also not. You know, it's it's the end of the year. It didn't really feel like the ever the year ever really started. So it kind of feels right. like it's the end of a bunch of exhibition races. Yeah. Um and, you know, we're back on track here pretty quickly, which is kind of cool. I mean, usually the IndyCar offseason's like, agonizingly long because we yeah, usually... Yeah, we're, already, we're already six weeks into it by right. now. So, um, yeah, it's kind of cool that, you know, we already have a date to test in, in mid-January, and um, that's that's two and a half months away. So, pretty awesome. And you've got Sebring in between now and then still. We do have Sebring between now and then, which is going to be a very big weekend. Um just because with uh, the seven car winning at Laguna last weekend, yeah, they now have boys the, uh, champion, to win. the championship lead. Um, and it's, I think it's like a five or seven point separation from first to third. So it's really going to be winner, winner takes all in Sebring. So that's going to be uh, pretty awesome. No pressure. Yeah, no doubt. Goodness. So one thing I wanted to touch on, because we're about running out of time. You know, Jimmy Johnson did his first test in an Indy car, and I think he was like last place out of all the cars. I mean, he is a rookie; he's coming into a, a series he's never done before. Um, but he's all—I mean, he's still Jimmy Johnson. So, uh, what are you? What are you guys' takeaway on that? Is that to be expected, or is there something there? Look, I think I think it's insane to think that anybody that has been driving a car as different to an Indy car as a NASCAR is for as long as Jimmy's been doing it. It's just going to jump into a series as competitive and first day in the car, be right on pace. Like I think Jimmy yeah. did a great job. I think he improved every single session. Like every time on track, he, the gap closed. 
uh, the the it was probably the like worst case scenario because this is the fastest average lap speed of any track we go to, right? So the biggest difference between a NASCAR and an IndyCar is the downforce and the high-speed grip, right? So you're asking him to explore those limits in more corners and at a higher level than any other track we go to. It had just had this insane repave that made it two and a half seconds faster than we've ever gone around there. Like, <laughs> I, was, I was struggling to find the limit in some of the fast stuff because there was so much grip. And like a lot of guys were, there were guys going off left, right, and center. The conditions were very tricky. It was cold. It was windy. We had a, a bunch of cars off. So that will, and he didn't get the benefit of sleeping on it for a night and coming back the next day like that. You know, Alex can talk about that. This is one of the, it's amazing how much your brain processes a day's information as you sleep and you get back into a car that seemed like a completely foreign world day one. And it feels like home day two and everything that was you had to think so hard about that first time in the car just happens so instinctively and so naturally in day two. So he didn't get that advantage, but that's a huge part of it. I think that's a, a really good point that I didn't even think about that um, means means a lot. And it's, I think this is, I, I kind of feel bad for him because the, the kind of provisional schedules that we've seen this year, um, nothing official, but kind of the direction that we're going is, you know, kind of in a similar path as, as to this year. I mean, we're going to have more on-track time than this year, obviously, but it's not going to revert back to these massive three-day events that we had with with three practice sessions and, and a lot of, quite frankly, a lot of track time. It's it's kind of going to be a an in-between ground as we still navigate our way our way through this. And so for him to be a rookie, not only a, a rookie to the series, but you got to keep in mind, like he's never driven on street courses. There's a lot of rookies in the series that come from an open wheel background that come from, you know, series that have these kind of different types of tracks. He's learning a completely new car and concept of driving at places that he has nothing to draw upon. Like it's not like we race at Kansas or Bristol or... Martinsville, Martinsville, name it, right? It doesn't like, matter. Yeah, we don't even race at Sonoma anymore. I mean, mm. he at least would know where that goes, right? So for him, it's and, it's going to be a, a hell of a process, and I think it's it's really disrespectful for anyone to say anything um, negative about what he's what he's biting off. Uh, it's, it's I, a huge, I think if a huge you huge ask, and, you could take any of us and pick your IndyCar driver. And put them in a stock car at any track you want Look at any Juan of the ovals. Montoya. Juan is yeah. Juan is probably one of the most talented race car drivers on this planet. Yeah, and it took him a really long time to even win on a road course in NASCAR. Like years, years. Yes. If you look at the guys a, that's, a, that's made that switch and 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 stuck with it long enough to start finding some regular success and consistency, it's about five years. Montoya, Almendinger, Hornish, the guys that made that that open wheel to stock car switch, it takes a long time. So if you put any of us into one of his cars anywhere, anywhere, he could pick the track, the, the percentage-wise off off the fastest time, it would be at least that, if not more. You know? So right. it's 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 there's no doubt it's gonna be a big challenge. Like you say, the street courses are gonna be tough because you don't even have the margin of error of dropping a wheel or, you know exploring the limits is going to be a lot tougher when there's just and so much walls everywhere. so much lap time is is how close are you going to get to the wall like that's so much of, of for sure lap, right for sure 
and it changes so much as well, right? There, as the as the session goes on and session <clears throat> to session, it, it evolves a ton. So yeah, no doubt the challenge is huge, but I think he's very aware of that. And everyone you talk to, you know, at the team says that he's approaching it in an incredible way and he's asking a ton of questions. He's doing all the right things. So I think we're just going to see, you know, steady improvement from him. And I'm excited to have him in the series. All right. Yeah, that's about what I assumed. I just wanted to touch it off. Is it what you assumed, Tim? I don't think you have any basis to assume anything of what we said. But I'm I mean, I assumed that uh, there was it was not anything to read into in terms of his times not being. With he assumed your guys. that we had an answer, but right, right, that makes sense. Knew nothing about what the answer would be. Oh, and nor know. did I listen to your answer. To be clear, no, no, we could see. We watched you texting the yeah. entire time. And then I, we just noticed that you acknowledged a lull, a silence, and then you looked up and went, "Yeah, okay, cool, cool." Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Well, cool. Cool. On that. On that show. <laughs> oh my god, it's <laughs> unreal that you're still here, um, ladies and gentlemen. That does it for another episode of Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. We are wishing Alex all the best in the Sebring Twelve Hours this weekend. And uh, we look forward to chatting with you about it next week, bud. Hopefully you're celebrating not only a championship, but a Sebring 12 hours victory in the number. Nope. 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 You're a week, week ahead. Uh, next week we get to talk about um, what comes as a result of the evening of November 3rd, which I think is going to be interesting. Oh yeah. Sorry. Sorry. It's going to be, right. it's going to be exciting. So um, this podcast is being recorded on November 3rd. Um, yep. Huh? Obviously, is there something going on re- today? It'll be re- it'll be released on Thursday, so everyone will have their uh, ideas and opinions. So uh, it's going to be interesting, guys. Look forward to debriefing, where we can't have an opinion nor will we share it, but at least we can reference. <laughs> yeah, it. I mean, everybody always All says, right. you know, who I want to hear about politics from race car drivers right <laughs> they've got it figured out yes they they with their their multitudes of geds are really ones <laughs> to have an opinion on the topic man i'm canadian i don't i have no opinion on this topic the that uh is, that is true the uh the funny thing is is we're actually super well versed in politics but it's racing politics. We don't have time to follow real politics because trying to just navigate the world of racing politics can be a full-time job yeah. sometimes. Yeah, who knew, who knew the two-seater had politics? <laughs> well, yeah, that's... Uh, we'll save that for next week. I, I was going to say, I, I don't even want to touch that politics. That's, <laughs> that's a bad deal. I don't, on that bombshell, I think we do end it. And I'm sorry I prematurely wished you luck in Sebring 12 hours. Have a great weekend of doing absolutely nothing. I will. I am... Oh, it's my brother's birthday today. So very happy birthday birthday, to my brother. And then on Thursday when this comes out is my father's birthday. So happy birthday, Papa Hinch. And Becky and I will be going back to Canada to celebrate both their birthdays and my sister's birthday, who's November 21st, and mine, who's December 5th, all in one go because we have four birthdays in a month. So let's just knock them out in one go. That's what I'm doing this weekend. I'm just doing the math. So nine months. So, okay, got it. I just Valentine's Day just oh my god (laughs) we'll see you guys next week we'll see you guys next week goodbye thanks so much for listening to Off Track with Hinch and Rossi keep in contact with us on Twitter and Instagram our handle is at askofftrack or you can follow us individually we're at Hinchtown and at Alexander Rossi if you want to follow Tim, though we have no idea why you would, he's at the Tim Durham. 
we really need to get that changed to add producer Thim. The music you heard today is by Ryan Dan of Holland Patton Public Library. Off Track with Hinch and Rossi is produced by Tim Durham. And by that I mean Thim. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.